0: You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. Well, since the notes started working, let's see if the Bible works now. I've got most of it in here anyway. Besides, this is the first day of uh, a new series And those of you who have been around here a while know how that goes. For those of you who don't know, I'll tell you in a minute. I've never had a problem with my Bible program before. The interesting thing was it was stuck in Jeremiah 17. and, And Boyd comes up and starts teaching on Jeremiah 17. No, it's not happy. So if we could just spend the time in Jeremiah 17, then we'd be okay. I can't even scroll though, so you know we just have a few verses. Maybe, th- maybe this is God wanting us to just do those verses. Um, so that was a nice update that I loaded on there last night. Apple. Okay, uh, so I want to begin talking to you about the power of revelation. And so what we generally do... Uh, when it's the first day of a new series is I just sort of come in here and throw up on you guys. So, because I've usually been, is that okay? Does everybody (laughs) not want to be thrown up on? You don't seem excited about it. Uh, I've been, I've been usually spending, you know, much of time in a subject before I get here. So that first day is a little less organized than later, but just let a lot of things out. So I want to talk to you about this idea of the power of revelation. And, and so in the New Testament, in our lives as New Testament believers, uh, one of the huge messages is that, you know, there's been this entire change to where, because of what Jesus did at the cross, we have this level of intimacy with God that was God always wanted but was never available before. And one of the things that took place is when when we give our lives to Jesus, the Holy Spirit actually comes to live on the inside of us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're where God lives in the earth. And so there's a level of intimacy and communication that that although God always spoke to people and always interacted with people, it's, it's different for us. And this is a huge privilege for us to be able to receive what the New Testament calls revelation knowledge, From the Holy Spirit, from the Lord. For him to be able to show us things that we can't see or understand on our own. That he will bring us, uh, you know, again, we'll, we'll get into this more in coming weeks, but the New Testament uses this term that over and over and over in many ways that the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. And it means just that. It means something that was covered or hidden before has been uncovered to us. And it's really a, a supernatural thing that he does from, from the Holy Spirit to your spirit because your spirit is now alive. It, it is You are a new creation in Christ. Your spirit has come alive to God. And the Holy Spirit actually lives in union with your spirit. And so there's a level of communication we could never have before, but, but now we are capable of it. We're capable of knowing the mind of god which is really an amazing thing i mean that's that's kind of a mind-blowing idea but it's exactly what 1 corinthians 2:16 says that we now have the mind of christ and i think sometimes we just read over verses like that and we you know it, it's a little big you know and so we just kind of read over it but that's very literally true the mind of christ in the spirit of god lives in your heart and so for us, it's a matter, our responsibility in it is, is learning to interact with the Holy Spirit and learning to discern his, his voice on the inside of us. Because he will show us things that we cannot comprehend with our physical senses. He will show us things that cannot be, um, cannot be apprehended just intellectually. There's a lot. God gave us an intellect. Is that, you guys realize that? God gave us an intellect. Sometimes we wonder, but God gave us an intellect, okay? He gave us an ability to, to look at things and discern things and pick things apart and understand some things about life on an intellectual level. He did, and that's a wonderful thing. It's a part of who we are, but that's, that's a part of our soul, and and our our mind touches things on a soul level not on a spiritual level and so the holy spirit living in our spirit he can reveal things that we can't get by seeing it or touching it or understanding it on this natural level and and that goes for truth from the scripture needs to be revealed okay it needs we need for the holy spirit to open the scripture to us. And most of you, probably everybody in this room, you know what that feels like. You you know where on the inside a verse of scripture that that's why this book, not that book right now, but this book, that might be Annie's journal, I don't know what that is. You have a Bible hopefully in your lap. There you go. That book isn't just a book. It's the living, it's the word of God. And it's alive and it's active. And the Holy Spirit is the one that brings the life out of, us, out of it to us. Psalm 119, 130 says that he, and I'm paraphrasing, but in the Amplified Bible, it says that he opens the word of God. When it enters the heart, he opens it and, and releases the light and the life and the revelation out of it. And what happens then is, so there's something that happens on the inside of us when revelation comes. And if I get that far today, I'll give you a list of things that kind of go along with when God reveals something to you. But one of the things is that it impacts us at a heart level. It's not just, and a lot of us grew up this way. We grew up knowing there were principles in Scripture, which there are, and they are full of truth, and they are powerful, and they work. When we believe them and apply them, they actually work. Life actually does work the way God said it works. Okay? So when we take those principles, like seed time and harvest, like, and, and a lot of it, it is an upside down kingdom. There's a lot of it, you know, you, you, you uh, want to receive more, you give stuff away. You know, that, doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense to the intellectual mind, but it works. You want more friends, show yourself friendly. You know, you, you, uh, you want to have a great relationship and benefit from the relationship to the max you lay down your life for the other person you give up your rights and you pour into the other person so i mean there are all these things that that are principles in the scripture and they really do work they, they you know and and it runs the entire and there's something in the scripture about how to do business, how to raise children, how to have a good marriage, how to obviously how to interact with God, who he is, and all of that. But the point is that we a lot of us grew up with these principles, but we didn't know that we need the Holy Spirit to show us how and when and and specifically specifically how to apply those principles in life. And there are either, even verses, you know, you hear a lot a lot of people that don't know God and and don't value the scripture. They think that the Bible, oh there's all these contradictions, you know, there's all these contradictions uh in the Bible and and there are and here's just a good example. Okay, this is from the New Living Translation. Proverbs Chapter 26, verses 4 and 5. Verse 4 says, Don't answer the foolish arguments of fools, or you will become as foolish as they are. Okay, Don't answer their arguments. The second verse, verse 5, the next verse says, Be sure to answer the foolish arguments of fools, or they will become wise in their own estimation. So which is it? It's both. But we need the Holy Spirit to show us when to engage with a fool and when not to. All right. We need to we need discernment that only he can bring in a situation about do I enter into this conversation with this person? And by the way, in the old a fool doesn't mean a stupid person, it means a person who denies that there's a God. Okay. That's what in the Old Testament it's a person who doesn't believe in God. That's what a fool is. And so You know, we need the Holy Spirit's leading and discernment because both of those are true and they say the exact opposite thing. Okay, so not only do we need him just to reveal the scripture to us, but we need him to teach us how uh, to apply the scripture. Um, Here's another example. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said this, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Okay, obvious command. And we all understand it as the Great Commission. We all understand we are responsible to go into our world, and for some people, the whole world, but at least our world, and preach the gospel to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to people. So so we know that. Go into all the world. Preach the good news. In Acts chapter 16, verses 6 and 7, Paul and his crew were out ministering, And it says, Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Well, I thought we're supposed to go into the whole world. The Holy Spirit said, don't go into Asia. goes on, he says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter uh, Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to do it. But he said, go into all the world. So how did they know that? Obviously the scripture tells us they knew by the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit revealed to them, don't go to this place. Whether it was a not now or he had a plan for somebody else to go, I don't know. But the point is, every one of us need to learn how to interact with the Holy Spirit and let him reveal to us, let him teach us how to apply specific uh principles of scripture. If all we're doing, and again, every promise is, is powerful. Every promise has the power to bring itself to pass. But there are so many times in life where we need his leading on how and when to apply something. How and when to reach out to somebody. There are so many times where you'll come up to a situation, you'll see something going on in somebody's life that you love, And they might even be asking you about the situation. And you know the principle that would turn their life around. And yet, you'll sense the Spirit of God on the inside saying, don't do it right now. Don't tell them that. Pray for them. Don't get into that conversation right now because their heart isn't ready to handle it. And if their heart isn't ready to handle it, they'll shut the door and we'll do more harm than good. So my point is, and there are other times when, you don't know. This happens a lot. <laughs> Somebody comes, they want prayer. You don't know how to fix their situation. Have you ever noticed that situations get complicated in life? It's not real black and white. Okay, truth is black and white, but life, at least from our perspective, is like, yow. I don't know how you're going to untangle that web that you've spent 20 years creating. Okay, but he does. And he'll approach it. Principle by principle by principle. Usually, first of all, engaging, you know, they have to come to know him. And they've got to come into that relationship with him. And they've got to know that he loves them. And they've got to know what he's done for them. And then he can. He works forward from there with every one of us. All of that comes by revelation from the Holy Spirit. It's so important that we are not just trying to live this thing as a set of rules. You always do it this way. This is what the Bible says. Yeah, it does. And it's truth. You understand what I'm saying? It's truth all the time. It's powerful all the time. But how it gets applied, this is why he didn't just leave us here with a written manual. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to send another counselor or another comforter or whatever your translation says. And that word another means another one just like me. There's a totally different word in the Greek language that means another of a different kind. Okay, but that word that's used there, alos, A-L-O-S, means another exactly like me. So some of us, for whatever reason, have grown up in, in uh, certain traditions where there are a lot of people out there who are honestly afraid of spiritual things, of of Getting close, they they love Jesus, but I don't know about that Holy Spirit. He's exactly the same. He's exactly the same. He has the exact same mind, the exact same goals, the exact same. He's a different person, but he's exactly the same. If you can trust Jesus, you can trust the Holy Spirit. All right? So if that's you, if you're raised with some kind of prejudice against the Holy Spirit, spiritual things, gifts of the Spirit, whatever it might be. You know, you need to lose it and he'll help you grow out of it. Okay, so you so you don't have to just, you know, he'll help you grow out of it. All right, but you need to lose that because he's the one that's at work in us and in the earth today. We need revelation. We need things to be revealed that we have no other way of knowing. He needs for us to know things that we have no other way of knowing besides this is how he likes to do it. He likes the relational part of it. If he'd he'd have wanted to leave us here just with a written manual, he could have. But he didn't. He sent a person to live on the inside of us. To live on the inside of us. To lead us. To guide us. To to reveal things about life to us. So again, this certainly applies to spiritual truths. Knowing who God is. We need revelation. We We need the Lord to reveal that. Your mind can't contain that. Even, even someone as intellectually brilliant as myself can't contain that knowledge about God. I mean, he's too big. And so he just reveals himself to us. Revelation impacts the heart. It changes you on the inside. Head knowledge doesn't do that. Head knowledge, we might change because we gain some head knowledge. We might change what we do because we learn something. We do that all the time. But it doesn't transform who we are. And then we start to live differently. Because we're now a different person. Only revelation by the Holy Spirit does that. Revelation of the word by the Holy Spirit. Transforms us on the inside. Completely changes who we are. Is this making sense to you? So. You know. Um, the, one of the examples that I was thinking of with this. Was that. you know I have, I have quite a few tools. And some of them. You know, I'm I'm pretty good with, and some of them I'm not. I'm better with machines than with things like construction. <laughs> Gary can say amen. Uh, the, my favorite construction tool is a Sawzall, because I can hack things apart. <laughs> but beyond that, it doesn't go well. Uh, but as far as mechanical things, you know, I have some tools. I've gained tools over the years, and, and I use them, and, and I, I do okay but I didn't grow up doing that. I didn't grow up, I didn't have a dad that, you know, we rebuilt the engines until I said, I don't, I'm still clueless on a lot of how all that stuff works. But as I've gotten interested in it, as I've grown older then, and especially in specific engines that I have, uh, and want to maintain and not have to pay to maintain, then, um, then I've learned more. And I've learned how to use some of those tools. But, so I can kind of do okay, but, when I go up to my brother's place in Montana, and we're working on those older BMW motorcycles, which he is an absolute guru on. I mean, he just is. He's known across the country. He's, just, he's been doing it since the 1960s. He and a few other people around just, I mean, he knows how these things work. And he has all the right tools. He knows how to use, the best way to use, each one of those tools, he knows exactly what the real problem is, the, the core of the problem. You ask him a question and he starts well. You know, he goes in that this is how this functions and what it looks like and what it does and then that causes this to happen. And and so, you know, I'm just like, well, what bolt are we turning, you know? but But, you know, but he really understands these machines from the inside out and it's his thing. And so he has the right tools. He understands whatever the problem is. He understands all the pitfalls that you can run into trying to fix that problem. He understands what a lot of people do wrong trying to address those problems. He, he knows all of that. And so when I'm up there, I have this person with me to teach me and to guide me and sometimes just take over and not let me wreck something and show me why I was about to. And that's a totally different experience. So I learned something there, but I'm, I'm partnering with this person who has all this knowledge and skill and the right tools and knows exactly how to use them. And that's a whole different experience than me being in my garage with my tools trying to figure things out, even with a manual. It's a completely different experience thing and there's a fellowship to it we actually I don't know why he enjoys it because this is what he does all the time then I come up there and we do more of it but he does we enjoy the time together we have a relationship we built a relationship more than he's my oldest brother I'm the youngest and and there were a lot of years where we really weren't spending much time together and now we have this focus and we've gotten to be really good friends And we talk about spiritual things. We talk about the Lord. We talk about, you know, he lost his wife seven years ago, and he's still working through that. And, you know, we talk about life. We talk about stuff. Uh, Last time I was there, there were even some things going on in their church that they were trying to address. And, and, you know, he wanted to know what I thought about how they should go about this. And so, anyway, my point is, I hope you're getting this. Um, My point is, that's the way it is with the Holy Spirit. We have this partner who gets... Whatever you're facing in life, he, he gets it. He knows it. He, he knows what the real problem is, not just the one we think we see. He knows how to address that problem. He knows what needs to change, what, what steps need to happen in our hearts, what needs to change in us for us to be able to release this person who hurt us badly. And we want to forgive them. We want to walk in that, but we don't have a clue as to how to get from where we are today on the inside to where he needs us to be. You know, he knows all of that, and he has the tools. He, he, he tells us everything, the scripture says, that Jesus has said to us. Jesus is the word of God. He opens the word to us. He gives us the right powerful release of life from the word at the right moment for the right situation. We need to trust him because a lot of the times we can see stuff in ourselves that needs to change, right? Am I the only one? We can see stuff that needs to change and we want to fix it. But he, so often I've watched this for all of these years, he leads us along to his goal and to transform us along a path that a lot of times is not the one that we would have taken or the one that our friends would have thought we should take. A lot of times our friends think, well, good, I'm glad you came to the Lord. Now you need to stop doing this. And the Lord's addressing something totally different. And I've learned over the years, let him lead. But this is a crisis. I need to know about this. I need to know about that. And God, you're talking to me about this. That's how that situation is how it gets hard for us sometimes to hear what the Spirit of God is saying because we keep arguing about what he's trying to say to us. He's impressing this set of scriptures on me, but my problem's over here. Don't you get it? Don't you get it, God? This is, you're, you're talking to me about this, and I need information on this. No, if he's talking to you about this, that's what you need information on. That's called letting Jesus be Lord. And when we don't do that, it gets harder and harder and harder to discern what God is saying because we don't like the answer He's giving us. Sometimes because we don't want to go where He's leading, sometimes just because we think there's a bigger problem that He's not recognizing. I mean, it's crazy that we think that stuff, but we do. God, this is putting more emotional pressure on me than that. Why are you talking to me about that? I don't care. Go with what he's saying and spend time in what he's saying until he changes the conversation. Does that make sense to you? All right, let's see if we can get through a couple of verses here today. Uh, Jump over to John chapter 15 with me, if you would. John chapter 15, I'm going to start reading there in verse 13. It is up on your screen, but I really like you to look it up in your own Bible. Take some notes, mark it up. After a few years, your Bible should be highlighted in a variety of colors very pretty. And I'll never forget when we had just started going to church, and this was all real new. I sat one Tuesday night beside a couple. I don't even know who they were. Um, But it was a man and a woman that were there, and she had this Bible. And I mean, every verse was highlighted in some color, and her—I don't know if it was her husband or her boyfriend or what—leaned over to her at one point and said, "Now be sure and highlight that, you know." What? I mean, it was just this—the whole. There was nothing on the page that wasn't highlighted. Anyway, um, so John chapter fifteen, verse thirteen, Jesus speaking. He says, "Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends." So. He starts this conversation, he puts this whole conversation in the context of agape love, love that lays down its life for a friend. Okay? That means we don't insist on our own rights. We don't insist on what makes it better for us. This is how we approach friendship. This is how we approach relationship from God's perspective, His love. It's totally, it's not self serving in any way it values that other person and it lays down its life for the other okay and and so for us if if we're not going to die in the re- relationship it still means we're laying down our rights and our privileges and and you know the scripture in another place says to consider other people's interests before your own that's what god's love looks like and so jesus frames this on this foundation of love laying down Uh, one's life for his friends. And then he says this, what an amazing verse. He says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Okay. How many of you understand that if God loves us with an unconditional love and he puts our interests in first place, that obeying his commands is not slavery obeying his commands is, is stepping into that love and knowing he has my absolute best interest at heart. So whatever he tells me to do, that's what I want to do. That's what I desire to do. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, so it's not, it's not slavery. It's not obeying someone's commands who you don't know what they think about you or your life and they have a self-interest. Instead, it's framed in this, in this agape love situation. I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking how at Yellowstone Park... Uh, you know, there are all those geyser basins and all that. How many of you have been to Yellowstone Park? Yeah. There's you know, all this stuff that will scald your skin off if you touch. It. I mean, it's really hot. And they have walkways that go all out through there. Walking on the walkway is not slavery, okay? Staying on the walkway and not getting all your flesh scalded off your bones, okay. That's not, that's not slavery. There's a walkway that allows you to enjoy this incredible natural geological phenomenon that otherwise would be very harmful to you. The walkway is not slavery. God's commands are not slavery. They're the way to enjoy life as he created it and as he gave it. To see more beauty and more amazing things and have better relationships and enjoy every aspect of our life, that's found by walking with God, okay? So he says, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants or slaves for a servant does not know what his master is doing. All right, so you see the contrast he's setting up here. I don't call you servants because servants don't know what the master's doing, all right? But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. All things that I've heard from my Father, I've made known to you. Jesus says, that's friendship with God. Living in this conversation, living in this continuous flow of the Lord opening things up to us and revealing himself and his words and and his plans and all of that to us, that's how Jesus defines Christianity, defines being a Christ follower. It's being his friend, and therefore, he reveals things to us, okay? He reveals things to us. The Passion Translation there says, I call you my most intimate friends, for I reveal to you everything that I have heard from the Father. I reveal to you everything I've heard from the Father that." Um, that phrase there, I have made known to you, okay? It means to make known. So you've got to go to Bible college to get that. means to reveal, to declare, to declare. So he's going to reveal things to us. He's, everything that the Father said, he's going to declare to us. He's going to say it to us. He's going to lead us into it, right? To unfold divine things that can't be discerned by the senses alone. To unfold, I like that because it's a process. It's not just one thing, it's a process of this relational interaction with the Lord. There's, there's another word, we probably won't get there today. There's another word where Jesus said, uh, You will know the truth and the truth will make you free, and, and a bunch of other places uh, in the scripture. It's, it's this Greek word, gnosco, and it's a relational knowledge. And you can kind of feel the difference between, again, you go to school, you read a book, you learn things. Okay, you read a manual, you learn things. That's not the same as getting to know a person. That's not the same as walking in partnership with the person and knowing their heart, knowing their, their uh, you know, for us, not talking about God, but for us. We know the good and the bad and the ugly and we, and we love each other anyway. You know, there's a, there's a relationship. We know each other better. We know how somebody's going to respond. We get to know all of that over time in a relational way. That's the word gnosko. And Jesus said, you will know. You'll have this relational knowledge of truth. And that truth that you know in this relational way will make you free. It will liberate you. It will, in other words, there's this release of power from the word that changes who we are and changes life around us. You know, it changes us. It changes things. You will know. So so there's this idea of revelation where the Holy Spirit is uncovering things to us. This idea of, you know, things being made known, unfolding divine things that can't be discerned by senses alone. Unfolding things from the spiritual realm. The reality, the real, the, the things that are spiritual realities are going to still be the same when all this natural reality is burned up and gone. That thing, who God is, what God has said, how God says life works, that doesn't change. It will never, ever change. It's an eternal word. And, and he's saying, I will unfold these things to you that you can't get just by senses alone. So we need to have this kind of relationship with him. This this term made known means to impress upon the heart or mind. And it means in this makes me happy. It means to confirm or affirm. So the idea is he won't just say it to you once and expect you to pass the test. Okay. He won't just say it to you once. He'll confirm it. He'll confirm it. He'll confirm it. He doesn't seem to mind saying the same thing to us for our whole life. Sometimes it needs to be refreshed. Sometimes we just didn't get it. But he seems to be just happy with the relationship, even when he's speaking. And I count on him to do it. I count on him to speak things to me again that I've had revelation of, but I can tell my heart has drifted or I'm not in the place of faith that I was at one time. And I'll say, Lord, I need you to say this to me again. And he'll do it. He'll bring that verse alive to you again. He'll He'll do it and he'll do it and he'll do it. He's He's... <laughs> You may not know this, but he's just amazing. Okay. Uh so he he puts all of this about hearing, you know, and, and telling us what the father has said and, and all of this, he puts it on this foundation of love. This is all in this uh in this idea of love. So he defines friendship between him believers in terms of this covenant relationship, this exchange. You know, we we have this term covenant, but we don't really usually know what it means anymore. Uh and and it's a blood covenant, this kind of covenant. It's an actual, I mean, it's an exchange of lives. One person laying down. It, it means when we come into blood covenant, it means everything that I am and everything that I have belongs to you and everything that you are and everything that you have, it belongs to me. And, and they used to, you know, they used to shed blood to cut a covenant to come together. And this is the picture that we have with Jesus laying down his life for us. Now, everything that he has belongs to us. This wasn't our idea, okay? Because it's kind of like, oh, well, I don't know. God's, you know, God's too holy for that. God's whatever. This was God's idea. Everything he has belongs to us. And everything we have and everything we are belongs to him. Okay, we're not our own, we're bought with a price, we belong to Him. All right, and it's a good thing. We get so nervous about words like commands, words like obedience, words like submission, words like accountability, words like belonging. We get really nervous about that because we've been hurt by people and just because we're Americans. And while I appreciate the American Revolution to no end. Our, our country was birthed in revolution, in rebellion. It was. And so we have a, we've got to be really careful with that because while we all love our freedoms and, and I think we should fight for our freedoms, I think they're good freedoms. At the same time, the rebellion and the, the heavy duty independent spirit that doesn't need anybody, or anything, and I'm going to do what I want to do, that's not a godly, that is not a godly thing. So I think we, it's, we probably need revelation on how to walk that out. Okay. So anyway, that was free. It has nothing to do with what we were talking about. Um, so when we think about this, that he'll reveal everything that the Father has said. He'll make known the, and unfold these divine things. So what does that do? with, I won't even call it a doctrine, the Christian adage that a lot of us grew up with that says, you just never know what God's going to do. He's just this big mystery. He cloaks himself in darkness and you just don't know what he's going to do. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, and none of us, I mean, again, there's a lot of mystery to God. We don't get it all, but we don't live... He is not a God who has just not revealed himself. He sent his son, the exact image of the father, so that we could know him. He shed his blood so that his spirit could come live on the inside of us so we could know him. This idea, and it will it'll get it becomes this little religious thing, you know, when we're confused about something or we don't want to listen, oh, you just never know what God's going to do. Well, that's not true. You can know. You have the mind of Christ. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that when I want to know something, I'm going to know at that instant doesn't mean that, but you got to come at it with the attitude of, no, he's a revealer, not a hider. Okay. Does that make sense to you? All right. So um, if you want to, and I think we'll just wrap it up here. Let's go over to Proverbs chapter four. Let's see. How would I go to Proverbs chapter four? Here we go. I know Karen would lend me her Bible, but this one still works. Proverbs chapter 4. Yeah, we'll just look at a couple of passages here. We're going to start with verse 20. I'm going to look at it from the Amplified Bible. The original. The real one. Uh, Classic. Yeah. So it says here, and, and here's what we're talking about. If you want to increase the amount of revelation that you receive, Okay, the first thing we need to learn to do is acknowledge what he's saying to us, accept and obey what we already have. What has God shown to you? This is one of the biggest keys to just keeping an open, tender heart to God. You just, when he does speak to you, when he does show you something, acknowledge it. Say, yes, Lord, that's you. I believe that's you. If that's not you, show me, because I trust you. But I believe that's you. I consent. I submit. I yield my life to it. Show me how to move with that word. Show me how to apply that word. I will change. I will let that. Oh, this is a better way to say it. I will let that word change me. But I am yielding to that word. Okay, so Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, my son, attend to my words. Attend to my words. That word attend means to prick up the ears. If any of you have a dog and you have a treat, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That that intense focus with the ears forward, that is the picture here. Attend to my words. Not to everybody else's opinion or what they're saying on the news or whatever. Attend, give your attention to my words. Consent and submit to my sayings. Okay, so consent means you give consent. You say, I give you permission, Lord, which He has given us that right. In fact, let me say this: when revelation comes to you, you always have a choice to make. I always have a choice to make. We can always refuse it. It's a really bad idea, but we can. He's given us that privilege. He's given us that level of free will. We can say no to it. It'll be. It'll get harder and harder and harder for you to recognize it. But honestly, we've dealt with. People all of our lives, or this is where they're at. And they're upset with God. They're frustrated in their walk with God they because they're not yielded to what God has said. They're just wanting him to talk about this issue. And until you talk about this issue to me or until you provide this thing over here for me, then I, I'm not listening to the rest of it. This is This is the only thing that matters. That's idolatry, number one. And it will harden your heart and it will close you down to, to where it gets really hard for you to hear anything. We have to consent and submit to his sayings. It says, Let them not depart from your sight, keep them in the center of your heart. So we make his word a big deal. We don't let it, we don't just we don't just ignore it, we don't neglect it. That's another good word. If you neglect the word, ignore the word, or flat out disobey the word, they're different heart attitudes, but the result is the same. There's just one result with that. And that is you don't get the benefit of whatever the word is, and your heart becomes harder. All right, verse 22. For they are life to those that find them, healing and health to all their flesh. The word contains healing and health for our flesh. So, yield to it, consent to it, feed on it, just feed on it it 's life to those that find them. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance above vigilance. <laughs> <laughs> keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. all right, so keep and guard your heart, in other words don 't let your heart become hard don 't let your heart. Guard your heart against unforgiveness. Guard your heart against anger. Guard your heart against uh, neglecting things. Guard your heart against taking a walk and separating yourself from God for a while. Guard your heart over these different things. Fear, huge one. Guard your heart. Don't let it in. You have the power to do this. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance above all that you guard for out of it flow the springs of life. Put away from you false and dishonest speech and willful and contrary talk put far from you. Who are you hanging out with? What are your conversations? Where are you going on the internet? What are you doing? Are you hanging out with a bunch of willful contrary people? It's going to get on the inside of you. It's going to get on the inside of you. He said, put this stuff away. What's coming out of your mouth? Listen to it. Okay. Okay. It's no fun sometimes, but listen to it because it's coming out of your heart and you want to dismiss some of those things from your from your life and, and put good things in your heart. Let your eyes look right on with fixed purpose and let your gaze be straight before you. Stay focused. Stay moving the, the right direction. Consider well the path of your feet. Don't just stumble through life. Consider well the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established and order to write your ways, your methods, how you respond to things. Let the Lord put them, establish them in the word and order them aright. We all are in this to change. Every one of us. If you're going to be alive in the Lord, you're going to change. And that's, it's part of the deal. So we need to change our ways and we need to let him change our ways. Turn not, turn not aside to the right hand or to the left. Remove your foot. From evil. Let's look at one more, and we'll quit. Proverbs chapter three, okay. Proverbs chapter three. Proverbs chapter three, beginning in verse five. You all know these verses. Lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. Do not relean. Do not relean. I better quit. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Okay, it's not that insight and understanding are bad, but where's the reliance on our life? We don't want it to be just on what we can figure out. In all your ways, get these words, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. Recognize. This is like, to me, this always is a picture of somebody's... uh, We're in a meeting and somebody wants to speak. Somebody stands up and the chair recognizes this person. Okay, We give our attention. We recognize. That's the voice of God. Shut everything. Shut up. Everybody else, all these other voices. Am I the only one that hears a lot of voices? (laughs) All these other voices, shut up. That's the one we're listening to. Okay, You might have a nicer way to say it. No, recognize and acknowledge him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Okay, avoid pride. Reverently fear and worship the Lord, and turn entirely away from evil. One more verse: It shall be health to your nerves and sinews, and marrow and moistening to your bones. That's another. It's another picture of healing, emotionally, physically, coming from this kind of relationship with the Lord. And we've got to have this. Is it's all encompassed in this idea of the Lord revealing things to us, okay? You don't have to be spooky. You don't have to be weird. This is normal Christianity. This is normal life with Jesus. He wants to speak to us. He wants to lead us. He didn't just give us a manual and then leave us here till I come back, obey the rules till I come back. It's not the way it works. So I just really encourage you, and we're gonna go through a lot of things uh, over the next few weeks just about how this works. And I, I just, I hope that you will once again maybe just be inspired to keep going deeper on learning what he's saying to you, recognizing what it is, putting it in first place, that kind of thing. Does this make sense? All right, let's stand up and pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God, you're so good. You are just so good. And I thank you so much for the system you have given us, a relational system with you, the Father, with the Son, the Holy Spirit. Lord, that we get to interact with you on the level that we do. It's an amazing thing. And not a single one of us feel 100% confident, Lord, about that. But we know you're here to teach us and you're here to lead us and guide us into the whole fullness of truth. You're here to lead us and guide us even into how to be led and guided by you. And we're so grateful for that. We're so grateful for your love for us and the fact that, Lord, you have called us your intimate friends and that we live a life Lord, help us just to help us to have those spiritual ears pricked up, Lord, during our everyday life when it gets busy and confused and there's stuff going on around us. Help us, Lord, to learn how to be quiet and hear your leading and yield to it. And I thank you for that today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's head out. There's a lot of good snacks out there. If you need prayer, you can come up and be happy to pray for you today. And then we'll be back here at 6 o'clock tonight just to spend some great time soaking in the presence of God. All right? Let's say it on the count of three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. We're going to say it as his church in this valley. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen.